0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Romans 2 and
0: 5, no. righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yeah. render unto every man according to no. his deeds, to them who by patience continue in yeah. some well-doing feat, no. for glory and honor, and immorality, yeah. eternal life, but unto them that no. are contentious and do not obey the yeah. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Great, Luke, kiss. You an African American? No. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yeah. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. <laughs> Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' expose nope. huh? yep. yeah They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault. Yep. Do this knowledge. This walk so why keep on trying? Everybody got choices Choose the right path and nothing can stop us Everybody got choices Righteous life, they don't like that nah Everybody got choice Choose the right path and stay your soul Never going back No 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 No. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody got choices, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody got choices. Nope. Everybody got choices. Yeah. Yeah. Is it cool to be gay? Nope. Didn't he make us straight? Yeah. Is the most high plan? Nope. You'll learn the day, yeah. Do you understand grace? Nope. Remember Noah's day? Yeah. Did more than eight people live? Nope. Will it be the same way? Yep. It's a broad way to heaven? Nope. It's a broad way to hell? Yep. You choose his death over life? Everybody got choices. Choose the right path and nothing can stop us. Everybody got choices. Righteous life, they don't like that, nah. Everybody got choices. Choose the right path and say your soul. Gonna choose the most I Say it's uh, to choose. To, to choose from? You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose? Who you gonna choose? Should I live a simple life? Nope. Should I repent and be baptized? Yep. Will i ever be nice? Nope. was Cause I see a crucified. Yep. Does this world love the most high? It's a wicked God of earth. Yep. Will he start with forever? Nope. Will we ever get our turn? from. you got to choose one who you gonna choose the most I see it's choose two sides to choose from you got to choose one who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose All right, all right, all right You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right <laughs> You gonna to learn today. All right,
1: all right, all right, all right. Saloma, good morning. No, you're not making a mistake. No, you're you're, you're you you've tuned into to, to ISBK Bible Talk. It is Tuesday, and yes, I know you're used to hearing the wonderful couple, the the, the husband and wife team of, of Tazifa and Hafsa But today, um, uh, the brother had to work on the plantation because we are still under the curses of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, waiting for the arrival of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to finally save the nation of Israel of this very last captivity uh, that we have to endure. So, um, Pastor Paul will be back, hopefully, uh, next, next next Tuesday, um, him and his wife, Hathodiah, uh, as we continue, um Paul Tuesday, Tuesdays, Paul Tuesday, Tuesdays, all right? Don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend about Pastor Tuesday. So, this Tuesday... It's, uh you got you got me again you got you got my shower. um and what we're gonna do is we're gonna just continue from the class we teach teaching last night um we started a, a, a class yesterday not last night class yesterday on the day of atonement and i'm I'm pretty sure i didn't check it out myself but um if you checked out isbhbk um san antonio on youtube i'm pretty sure uh, the brother of war that went ahead and and and, and uh extensively went, went over uh, the Day of Atonement, uh, as well as the whole the whole month, the, ho- the whole seventh month uh, of the Most High, starting with the Feast of Tabernacles. And no, I'm sorry, the morning blowing the trumpets, then leading into the Day of Atonement, and then leading into uh, uh, the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, and then he also he went to Josephus and 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 really brought a lot of good information from Josephus about what all the different offerings that were brought, as far as the different trees that were brought, different um, branches and different herbs. Uh, that 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 were brought on these 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 these, uh, these holidays, and we're going to research them. That each of these, these the, the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The quality, the um, the uh, they, it wasn't just grabbing any tree or grabbing any branch or grabbing any herb and just just throwing it on the fire um, and offering it to the Most High, but that they had medicinal quality. That's what I'm trying Each of the herbs and the branches that we burnt had medicinal qualities, and each of them was used for cleansing. Right? Each of them was used for cleansing. So the, to burn all these different um, uh, uh, trees and, 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 and offerings, like the myrtle tree and, and the hyssop or what have you, that they were specifically burned as part of the offering on the day of atonement. That it was it was it was to promote a cleansing. Right? That each of these was used for cleansing, which was representative of the spiritual cleansing. Um, that, that was supposed to take place with the Day of Atonement, Then now we can come into, um, uh, we start the year um, from, uh, from the Day of Atonement uh, with a clean slate, with a clean slate. And that's why even Jewish people, um, uh, because it, it was the beginning of a new year as far as uh, from Day of Atonement to Day of Atonement during this whole time, that they acknowledge, or they, I don't even say acknowledge, but they marked the beginning of the year not in April or springtime, like like when we came out of Egypt. It was springtime, uh, the month of the Bid, uh, when, when the Passover was supposed to be celebrated the first month before Tuesday. Day. Um, they go by a a ceremonial new year uh, being, beginning at this the time they're right now in the seventh month. Uh, which can be a little bit confusing, uh, but it, it's commemorate that, yes, or acknowledge or to look at and recognize that now for the day of atonement, from David Atonement to day of atonement. We're starting brand new years with the Most High. within the lakes. on slates, many stands, um and uh, uh, divisions that that uh, that have been uh, committed uh, by the people getting back, getting back, right, or coming back at one with the Most High. Okay, so I covered this. I also covered this yesterday in yesterday's class. Uh, you can check us out on ISBHPK, uh Bible Talk. You know, Apple iTunes uh, podcast on. Google Podcasts, on iHeartRadio Podcasts, Podcast, um, uh, Podcast Addicts, or our home station, www.blogtalkradio.com. Uh, when you pull that up, go to the search box, type in Mashaba, M A S H A H D A, and that'll give you access to the 1071, 1,071 shows that we've done since February 28, 2010, up until this present time. Uh, the library is, is archived there. And you can go back and check out all of our shows again, starting from the very beginning, uh, coming up to this present time. They're in chronological order, uh, starting from the newest, going all the way back to the to, to, um, uh, to the earliest. All right. So with that, I want I want to do a little recap from yesterday. Um, remind everybody, um, check out isbtk dot com. Tonight is the Sabbath. Let me say that also. Tonight, tonight is sundown. Wherever you might be at, um, wherever you might be residing, tonight is sundown. Is uh, the beginning of the Day of Atonement. And as we're going to get into the, some scriptures today, the Day of Atonement is a fast, right? A, a fast being uh, we don't eat anything or drink anything for a whole 24-hour period um, as a way of equipping our souls. And that's one of the things I'm going to get into to, uh, today, uh, right here, as, as we get started, in showing that it, it is a fast, right, um, and the purpose of it. We're we'll to take things a little, uh, a little further about doing those things that please the most high end. And resisting our flesh, resisting our, 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 our desires, resisting our cravings, um, in order to please the Most High. And that if we took this one day, the Day of Atonement, to resist our cravings, our lusts, our desires, for one day, and we didn't give, we didn't feed our bodies, our, our carnal bodies, our physical bodies, any food for one day, and we use discipline to resist. Uh, the urge, um, the desire, the the lust to want to eat, even to eat or drink, as a show of of humility uh, to the Most High, a show of, as a show of love to the Most High, that He would forgive our sins for the for, for, the, and for the from year to year. And this is your first time participating in the Day of Atonement. Again, that's taking away from Christ being our atonement, but if this is your first time and going through the rituals of the Day of Atonement. Um, this is the way, again, again, another clean slate with the Most High, another clean slate, spiritually uh, clean slate with the Most High, in that you're able to practice and, and, and put it in, in, into practice discipline. You're putting into practice that, um, not giving in to your feelings, not giving in to your desires, not giving in to your lusts, knowing that if you can do it for a day of atonement and have all your sins for, for the past year uh, wiped out. Uh, erased, blotted out of the book of life. We're just showing restraint for one day. That now this is something that can be repeated over and over again, so that we don't have to give in to our lust, our desires, our 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 our, our um, wants, our covetousness, our enviousness, our envies that we that that we have, uh, giving in to our feelings. That just because I feel a certain way. I'm a, not, I'm a slave to my feelings. I'm a prisoner to my feelings. That if I understand that for one day, I can show that restraint. I can actually tame the savage beast that's in me. I can change the savagery in me that I don't don't have to cater to my feelings. I don't have to give in to my feelings. I can resist. I can resist and I can endure. And that, no, it's not going to kill me. To, to to go without food and water for a 24 hour period is not going to kill me. And in recognition of that, that if I can do that for one day, understanding that just the one day God requires, I, I resist eating. I resist drinking for one day. That now this practice, I can practice at any time. That this practice I can use at any time, not to give into my feelings. So with that, well, let's, just, uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. I us go to Leviticus back to Leviticus chapter 23. And... uh I'll be doing my, the reading today. Uh, going back to Leviticus chapter 23, and I'm starting verse 26 again. I'm going to read Leviticus chapter 20, 23, verse 26 through 32. Uh, please please uh, join along. I'll read along in your Bibles. But I'm starting from Leviticus chapter 23, verse 26. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Also on the 10th day of the seventh month, um, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you. And ye shall afflict your souls, and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And ye shall do no work in that same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make an atonement for you before the Lord your God. For whatsoever uh, soul it be that shall not be afflicted in, in that same day, he shall be cut off from among his people. And whatsoever soul it be that doeth any work in that same day, uh, that same soul will I destroy from among his people. You shall do no uh, manner no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Um, verse thirty two. It shall be unto you a sabbath of rest. And he shall afflict your souls uh, in the ninth day of the month uh, at even from even unto even shall shall you um, celebrate your Sabbath. There's a lot in there. Right? There's a lot in there. And we we'll just go through this a little bit. But one thing I want to bring attention to is that it kept saying, afflict your soul. In this passage that we just read, it, came, it did, did you notice how it kept saying, you shall afflict your soul. You shall afflict your soul. You shall afflict your soul. And I, I, I don't want to go through everything of yesterday because I, I, I want to make sure I get on top of this. For, let me slow down. I want to get on top of this for today. Uh, that tonight at sunset is is, is the Sabbath. Um, I would like to read this though from the Smith Bible Dictionary. All right? I would like to read this now from the Smith Bible Dictionary. And again, you can go online, and 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 uh, go to your web browser, whether it's on your phone, laptop, tablet, um, desktop, where you might be at. Um, uh, do, uh, 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 you type into the, into the uh, uh, search box um, Smith Bible Dictionary. Uh, put the semicolons and then put day of atonement and you'll be able to pull up exactly what i'm reading um it's probably going to be on either bible hub or uh blue letter, blue letter bible and we'll, we'll, we'll be able to pull it up um but i'm going to the smith bible dictionary i'm going to read the definition definition from the smith bible dictionary about the day of atonement all right so it says the day of atonement or atonement the day of atonement the day of number one the great day of of National humiliation, and the only one commanded uh, in the Mosaic Law. Uh, see, see, fast. Um, this mode is is observance. To me. This mode of observance is described in Leviticus chapter 16. The conduct of the people is emphatically enjoined in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 26 to 32. Now we we might touch on this today. The day the we have the feast from Leviticus chapter 23, all the, all the feasts of Lord, uh, the Lord are gave to the children of Israel, except for Purim and Hanukkah. And for some people, uh, you go to the uh, 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 Nicanor and Simon uh, from the Apocrypha, but I suggest some of the other feasts, um, uh, that we as Hebrew Israelites do do acknowledge. Uh, but Leviticus chapter 16. We're going to read that. If we might just that today. We might not. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think we are going to. But when you go to Leviticus chapter 16, it, 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 it starts off talking about the death of Aaron's oldest two sons. All right. That yeah, We know Aaron was given the high priesthood. All right. That Aaron, Aaron and his lineage were going to be the high priest uh, dedicated uh, to the Most High. That that they they didn't get a land inheritance like the rest of the twelve tribes got but that their inheritance was going to be that they were going to be the servants or the high priest to the Most High, that, and that once a year, the high priest would offer the, the sacrifices uh, and the prayers to the Most High to cleanse the nation of Israel for their sins for the entire year on a national level, okay? Um, but, but Leviticus chapter 16, it is, is, is first starts off talking about the, the death of how uh, Moses, two, two, not Moses Aaron's two oldest boys, dad and Abihu, if I'm saying, if I remember correctly, uh, they were put to death. And the reason they were put to death is that after being acknowledged, uh, after Aaron had been acknowledged that he was going to be the high priest and, and he was going to flow through his lineage, the high priesthood, and that they were supposed to offer, there was a, a, a proper order um, of how things are supposed to be done, about how offers are supposed to be made, um, a certain, certain cleansing of, of the priests, of the temple, um, even a certain way they had to, had to dress, um, a certain code of conduct. They had to be observed. They couldn't drink any wine. They could not be under, under the influence of anything when they were serving in this office. It, it was something that he taken very, very seriously, uh, very great, very, very, um, uh, no playing around. That you were actually going to step into the Holy of Holies where the most high presence was going to be at once a year. And that when we go into that, I can't go into it today because it's going to, it's going to drag, drag it out too much. But for the high priest, the, the, their office, that once a year they would go into the Holy of Holies, that no man could enter except the high priest once a year. If that high priest was in an altered mind state, if that high priest was not uh, had not been cleansed properly and was not in the right order, um, it tells you that when he would go into the Holy of Holies that he, he literally would have to have a, a rope tied around his foot. And if he wasn't of a pure mind, of a pure spirit, um, and going in you know, to offer up and ask the Most High to forgive the sins of the nation of Israel for the entire year, if he was unclean in any type of, of fashion, um, and his mind was in an altered state from drinking, drugs, whatever it might be, that he dropped dead. And because nobody could enter to the Holy of Holies, um, they had a rope tied around his foot. And on the bottom of, all his, the bottom of his garments, he literally had little bells that were sewn into the bottom of his garment that when he walked around, you could hear the bells, or they call them pomegranates, actually actually, um, um, sounding. It got to the point where the bell stopped, the tinkling stopped. He was dead. And to get him out, that rope that was tied to his foot, it was used to literally pull him out of the Holy of Holies because the Lord was upset with him. It was the nation of Israel. It was, it was going to be. It was going to be some 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 issues. So the dab and the baihu uh, be, being set up in the same order, they went to offer up a sacrifice to the Most High, and they brought what's called strange fire or strange incense. Um, it was not in the proper order of the Most High, and some scholars um, have equated that the strange instance that they offered to the Most High on, on this particular day was cannabis, or it was hemp. Um, and that is not, you don't offer that to the Most High, uh, uh, being a psychotropic drug, a mind-altering drug, and they died. So this is a very traumatic floor for Aaron, for the whole nation and everything, because these, these, these sons of Aaron, they were well-favored in, in the community and within the nation. Uh, they were very known, very popular. They were Aaron's sons. And for them to offer up the strange incense and to drop dead, it was traumatic. So when we read about Leviticus chapter 26, this is why we, um, this is what first commemorated the first day of atonement, right? Of uh, getting things right back with the nation of Israel and back with the Mosai because these the sons were dead, the, um, Aaron's sons were dead. Um, and now it's time to get things, things right again, set the order back up, reestablish the order of how things are supposed to be. So that's what we get when we read Leviticus chapter 16. All right? So I'm, I'll read on, okay? I'm going to read on. Uh, number two from the French Bible Dictionary for the Day of Atonement. <clears throat> number two, it says, uh, time. Uh, it was kept uh, on the tenth day of Teercee, that is, from the evening of the ninth to the evening of the tenth uh, in that month, uh, five days before the Feast of Tabernacles. First corresponds to our... September slash October, so that the 10th of tier will be about, uh, the 1st of October. And how to say this, because we went by a lunar calendar and not the, the, the sun calendar, by going by the lunar calendar, um, it doesn't exactly fit the January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, uh, uh Gregorian, calendar that we are going up with and we used to um, it, it was it was it was gone by the by the moon all right? each month was determined by the moon whereas the Gregorian calendar is just 30, either 30 days 28 days for February unless um, it's a leap year you got 29 days or it, it's 31 days and, and and they go by that pattern but the the moon again the month was determined by the phases of the moon right the month was determined by the phases of the moon and by doing it that way you don't exactly get the exact same timing from the Gregorian calendar that we're used to. Uh, so reading on, so it was it was in the fall, right? It was coming into the fall, not quite winter, but it was coming into the fall. Uh, reading on, it says uh, number three: How was it observed? Um, it was kept by the people as a high solemn Sabbath. On this occasion, uh, on this occasion only, the high priest was permitted to enter into the holy of holies having uh having bathed his person and dressed himself entirely in the holy white linen uh, garments uh he brought forward a young bullock for a sin offering uh purchased at his own own cost on account of himself and his family and two young two young goats for a sin offering with a ram for a burnt offering uh which were paid for out of the public treasury on account of the people. It's a, uh, he then presented the two goats before, before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle and cast lots upon them. One for uh, Jehovah is inscribed and on the other for Azrael. Uh, a phrase of unusual uh, difficulty. The best Modern scholars agree that it it designates the personal, the personal being of uh, to whom the goat was was, was sent, probably uh, Satan. This goat was called the scapegoat. So we ever heard that that you know that somebody's gonna be the scapegoat or whatever that we're gonna put everything on this person so everybody else can get away. Well, that's what that's what this essentially was. That there would be one goat where we put the Most High, and the scapegoat will be released. Like the scapegoat would, would, would escape, you know, when we get escape, scapegoat escape, that this other goat would escape. And one goat, uh, the blood will be shed for the sins of the, of the nation and for everybody. And the scapegoat that um, the high priest would actually confess all the sins of the, of, of, the, uh, of the nation on the head of this goat, and then that goat will be let go. And that would be representative of that now. All the things that we've done, all the sins that we've committed for the past year, um, that now the Most High would would release us from those sins, just like this goat is being released. He's going to, he's going to let it go. He was going to forgive. Okay. Uh, reading on. After various sacrifices and ceremonies, the goat upon which uh, the lot for for Yahweh, the Jehovah, had fallen, was slain, and the high priest uh his blood before the mercy seat uh, in the same manner as he had done for that of the bullock. Going out from the holy of holies, uh, he purified the holy place, sprinkling some of the blood on both the the victims uh, on the altar of incense. Right at this time, no one besides the high priest was was suffered to be uh, present in the in the holy place. He purified the purification of the holy holies and of the holy place being thus completed, the high priest laid uh, his hands upon the head of the of the goat on which uh, the lot for uh, Azazel uh, had had fallen, and and confessed over it all the sins of the people, it just like I, I, I described, right. Uh, reading on, the goat was then led by a man chosen for for, for that purpose into the wilderness, into uh, a land not inhabited, and was there let loose. Uh, the high priest, after this, returned to the holy place, bathed himself again, put on his usual garments uh, of office, and offered the two lambs as burnt offerings, uh, on the uh, one for himself and one for the people. Uh, the significance now of, of, of all this, what does it signify? And again, I'm still reading from the Smith's Bible Dictionary, about the, the atonement, the day of atonement, right? The significance. in uh, considering the meaning of the particular uh, rites of the day, the points, um, Three points appear to be of a very distinctive character. Number one, the white garments of the high priest. Number two, his entrance into the Holy of Holies. And number three, the scapegoat. So these are the, the three significant things to be observed. How you wore white garments, the high priest wore white garments, um his interest into the holy of holies into that place where the most high his presence was at um and the scapegoat these are three significant things okay the writer of the, the writer of the epistles to the hebrews in hebrews chapter 9 verse 7 to 25 teaches us uh, to apply the first two uh particulars the high priest himself which his in this person cleansed and dressed in white garments was the best outward type which a living man could present in his own person. So he's presenting the the best of himself. And remember, the the white represents righteousness. And the white garments represent uh, righteousness. So he's presenting himself pure, all right? Um, Clean and pure, reading on. It says, um, of his own person, of that pure and holy one, who was to purify his people and to cleanse them from their sins, right? He was a representative of the highest office among men, right? Before, before Christ came. By representing the, let me, let me, let me, but respecting the meaning of the scapegoat, we have no such, um, no such light to guide us. And the subject is one of great, great doubt and difficulty. It has been generally considered that it was dismissed to signify the carrying away of the sins of the people, as it were, out of the sight of, of the Most High. If we keep it in view that the two goats are spoken of as parts of one and one uh, and the same sin offering, we shall not have much difficulty in seeing that they from they formed together the one symbolical expression, the slain goat standing for the act of sacrifice and giving up its his own life for others to the most high. And the goat which, which carried, off, carried off its load of sin for complete removal, signifying the cleansing uh, influence of faith in that sacrifice. Okay, so again, just going through the Smith Bible Dictionary, but again, uh, the, the the Day of Atonement, that there was th- these rituals that we did do, that the, that the Israelites did do, they, they had a meaning to all of them, all right, and they, they, it was very important to us. This this was very something that was very 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 um, uh, near and dear and, and 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 observed by the Israelites. This we're going to clean slate with the, with the with the Father, uh, all before you know, flesh uh, came, but because we still didn't get it it was necessary for Christ to come and, and offer himself as a sacrifice uh, reading on uh, from the, uh, and we do, we did the, the definition of atonement. Um, let me get this here. The last verse we read yesterday in dealing with uh, this fast or dealing with, with uh, how a person afflict their soul, how a person afflict their soul? Um, the way we afflict our soul biblically is by fasting. All right? The way that, that the Bible describes how we're supposed to afflict our souls, like like from Leviticus chapter 23, verse 26 to 32, it kept saying, Afflict your soul, afflict your soul, afflict your soul. He that doesn't afflict his soul is going to be cut off. That you have to afflict your soul. Well, if we use the Bible to define the Bible, then we come to Psalms chapter 35, verse 13, the book of Psalms now, Chapter 35, verse 13, it says, uh, but as for me, and this is David speaking, but as for me, uh, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned unto my own bosom. So David is telling us and showing us here that the way he humbled his soul was was with fasting. Um, And when we came to James chapter 4, verse 6. Um, and we did it yesterday, it says but in James chapter 4 verse 6 it tells us how in us having a friendship with the world that we've made ourselves the enemies of God because remember brothers and sisters I, I, I know there's a lot of information and I'm trying to slow down I'm trying to bring it out as, as as clear as possible and I got so much information in my head I know it's, it's bubbling up and I, I, I find myself speaking fast and I, I know it's getting lost so I'm trying. I'm trying to the governor on myself okay when we come back and we understand James chapter 4 verses 4 through 6 the most I let us know that he calls us adulterous and he calls us adulterous says if any person will be a friend of the world is it know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with the most high Enmity means to be at war against or opposing um, If, therefore, anyone will be a friend of the world, they're the enemy of God. If we like the ways of the world and we agree and we participate and condone the ways of the world, then we are God's enemies. That means we're against God. Okay? For as much as as in today's modern society, it's just promoted, it's a little thing. Um, um, uh, You can't judge nobody. Um, Everybody should be able to be free to live their own life how they want to. The way it brings them happiness. And that is the general concept of the whole wide world right now. Whereas, remember, the Lord wanted his people to be separate. If you go and look at the word holy, and I've done a whole series on this, the whole good Lord, four months series covering the word holy and, and what that really meant to the Most High. That holy means to be separate or set apart. That he wanted his people to be set apart. He wanted them to be to borrow that 2 chains um, uh, lyric, different. He wanted his people to be different, separate, severed from the traditions, from the ways, from the customs, of how everybody else in the world did things. By the the Israelites, and he wanted the Israelites to be made in his image, to be superior, above, to be the example of what it means to be godly, to be an example on earth, the walking physical examples on earth of how to be godly. When the the Israelites joined in with how the rest of the world did things and how the rest of the world ate whatever foods they ate, whatever rituals they were taking, whatever uh, uh, philosophies um, that they understood and and applied, that by doing those things, that made us as Israelites the enemies of God. When our job and our duty was to, to follow God, obey God, and be his representatives or to be his ambassadors, on earth for the rest of the world when the israelites failed to do that we became god's enemy we became god's enemy so reading on with james chapter 4 verse 6 that if we are form verse 4 by being the friends of the world we have made ourselves the enemies of god um again i've done a whole whole series on that please go to uh uh iheartradio.com and let me slow down i'm sorry Please go to ISBHPK Bible Talk on either Apple iTunes, on iHeartRadio podcast, on Google Podcast, on Podcast Addicts, or www.blogtalkradio.com. And just go through the um, – when you pull it up, uh, you'll see our latest 300 episodes on uh, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, Apple Radio, uh, Google Podcast. you see our past 300, 300 episodes, 300 shows. If you go to www.blogsoc.com, you'll see our last 1,070 shows that we've done. You just go back through it, and you'll see um, the series that I did concerning holy and what it means to be what it means to be holy. And I've covered that part extensively. Okay, it, it's like a. Uh, it took me like four months. I believe it's like a. Uh, it might be like a 12-part series or they didn't go and check out. It, it goes deep, all right? That Bible goes deep. They try to keep things together. Coming back now to James chapter 4, verse 6, it says that from when we made ourselves the friends of the world, we became God's enemies. But now we get to verse 6 of James chapter 4. It says this, but he gave us more grace. But yes, we've done those actions that have made us God's enemies. He's done things and participated in things and applied things. That for many of us, it was just the way. It's just the things. It's just the way it is. That it's just we were just following the way it is from our family traditions, from um, our, our neighborhood traditions, from our, the friends that we were associated with, <clears throat> from communities that we, we we've grown up in, to the, the religions that we participated in. We didn't realize that we were making ourselves the enemies of God. We didn't realize that we was doing things 180 degrees contrary. How God actually wants things done. We didn't realize these things. So so this is right now he says in James chapter 4, verse 6 that, but he gave more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. When I go to the word web dictionary, all right, to the word web dictionary, and we look at the word the definition for grace. That, that, what, how, what, what grace is he given? What does it mean to have grace? And I know everybody's kind of got their, their, their idea of what they think grace is, but I want to get some dictionary definitions so we can get a more of a central, unified understanding of what the word grace actually means. So from the World word Dictionary, the definition of grace is a disposition of kindness and compassion, right? A disposition of kindness and compassion. So, in Genesis 4, verse 6, when he says, but he, talking about the Mosai, give us more grace. The Most High will give a person um, the benefit of the doubt. The Most High is more willing to give a person, um, uh, to be kind to a person and be compassionate with a person. He will give more grace. He'll give a person that. He says, but wherefore, I, um, I'm sorry, I also dealing with grace. When we go to the Westchester (coughs) 1828 Dictionary, definition number one, it says goodwill, kindness, disposition to oblige another. So the most be willing to oblige us, he's willing to give that disposition of kindness. He's willing to give that disposition of goodwill, whereas we just read we made ourselves his enemies by being a friend of of the ways of the world. Uh, but being a friend of, of this world, in the traditions, in the customs, and 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 when we get to the, some of the traditions and customs, it goes beyond just uh, listening to "quote unquote" devil music. It goes beyond just uh, looking at pornography. It goes beyond just uh, 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 doing drugs. That a lot of everyday things that we do that we figure look at as common, as no big deal, as nothing to deal with religion. That it's just how I live. It's just how I do things. That uh, there's a lot of things that we do that are of the world, that have nothing to do with how God wants things done. A lot of things. <coughs> so, knowing that we've made ourselves the enemies of the Most High, the Most High is willing to make things, give us this grace, give us uh, good favor, show us goodwill, show us kindness, and a disposition to oblige another. He ready to oblige us. If what? Well, he says, wherefore, God resisteth the proud. Now, what does it mean to resist? All right, Literally, and again, this is from Genesis, literally to stand against, to withstand. Hence, to act in opposition or to oppose. God will oppose a person. He resists the proud. All right. That person who well this is how I grew up, this is what I know, this is how I do things. I'm not going to change. I don't feel like it's wrong for me to participate in this. I don't feel like it's wrong for me to do this. I don't feel it's wrong that other people do those type of things. I don't see what's wrong with it so i'm not I think you're wrong, and I'm actually going to stand up against you for for uh imposing on people right like one of the things in the world today is how um, um the united states uh, uh Supreme Court and made the ruling that uh, abortion is illegal, that a, a, a abortion is wrong. And many people, and in, in wanting to keep their, their opinions and keeping their thoughts that, well, it's a woman's body, she, she has the right to choose. It's a woman's body, so she can, she can decide what she's going to do with her body. For, and, and, and they have, have, have made many protests about, about this type of subject. Brothers and sisters, remember, remember in the 10 commandments, that one of the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not kill? That's the law of God. But now, because the way of the world is like, no, it should be a woman's right to choose. If she's promiscuous, so what? Um, it's, it's her body. So it, it, we shouldn't look at the fact that she should have uh, used some protection. She should have used some type of, of, of contraceptive. Um especially when it, when it was consensual sex, that that um, still, it's her body. So she should have the right to choose what's happening with her body. Now, real quick, just on, on, that, on that alone, again, beyond it saying, um, one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not kill. Let's go real quick to First Corinthians chapter 3. So let me do it like this. First Corinthians chapter six and verse nineteen. All right. First Corinthians chapter six and verse nineteen. Concerning this, this this worldly idea that is is my body, so I can do what it will I want. With, with that mindset, let's, let's let's hear what the Bible has to say. First Corinthians chapter sixteen verse nineteen: what? what know ye not that your body is the temple of the holy of, of the Holy Ghost, which is which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? That God actually gave us these bodies. God allowed the life to enter into our body. They was from when our parents, whoever they might be, um, had sex, and, and the body was formed, and he put the life inside the body. That it's all on him. That we are not, we don't own ourselves. Contrary to what the world says. When we read Romans, chapter 12, let me go there real quick also. And then we get back on topic. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, brethren, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That we're supposed to present our bodies holy, as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, uh, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove uh, that prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So this idea that it's my body so I can do it what I want. No, God had, had, had designed us for his purpose, for for his will. So to have this mentality that, no, you can do with your body what you want. It's your body. So if you want to get tattoos, if you want to change the sex of it, if you want to um, do whatever, you're allowed to do that. And for people that that hold on to that uh, that type of opinion, that I can do what I want, I can do what makes me happy, I can do what I feel, what I like, that makes us at war with God. It says God resists the proud. He literally, uh, he stands against. He withstands. Um, He acts in opposition to the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Again, the difference the humble is to those who are made low, those who are abased those who are rendered meek and submissive, penitent, those who submit to God's will, submit to how God wants things done. God will give grace to that person. God will give grace to those people that submit to his will, that make the choice. Like you said, everybody's got choices, right? Who makes the choice to submit to God's will? How do we humble ourselves? Well, like I said in Psalm chapter thirty-five and thirteen, we humble our souls with fasting. All right? We humble our souls with fasting. When we go to um, the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, y'all to look this up also. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. All right? Now I'm looking up fast and fasting from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. I'm just gonna read the very first first couple lines. Fast or fasting. It says fast or fasting um, means to afflict the soul or self. An example, practice denial. This from the International Standard Bible encyclopedia, a biblical encyclopedia. It's telling you the purpose of a fast, what a fast is, is to what? Afflict the soul or self. An example? To practice self-denial. So how do we humble our soul or afflict our souls? By having a fast. And that's what starts tonight at sunset. From Tuesday, Tuesday night, sundown tonight, until when it sundown tomorrow, we're, we're supposed to humble or afflict our souls. And the way we do that is with a fast. Right, the way we do that is with a fast. When we go to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, Webster's 1828 Dictionary, again, look at the word fast. The definition we're going with is abstinence from food, properly a total abstinence, but it is used also for an abstinence from particular kinds of food for a certain time. So fast, again, is abstinence from food, properly, if it's going to be proper, a total absence. We don't eat or drink anything for this 24-hour period. We practice self-denial for this 24-hour period. From Tuesday night, sundown to tonight until sundown tomorrow, we practice self-denial. That's how we humble our souls. We bring our souls into subjection. We don't just let our desires and, and, and our cravings and our feelings take control and take a hold of us. Control it. We use the side to control it, as opposed to letting our bodies control us, as opposed to letting our thoughts and our feelings control us. In pleasing God, we self, we, we practice this day of self denial. Right? To abstain, to choose not to consume. All right? If we look at the definition of abstain, meaning to choose not to consume. Definition number two, to act or practice uh, refra- uh, refraining from indulging an in appetite. During this time, I'm not going to indulge my own particular appetite on the most basic level, on the most basic of levels. I'm not going to engage my appetite. I'm not going to indulge my appetite. I'm going to humble and afflict my soul with fasting. Uh, when we come to Psalms chapter 51 over 17. The book of Psalms chapter 51 over 17. The book of Psalms chapter 51 over 17. It says the sacrifices of God, are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, that will not despise. And what is the word sacrifice? Again, going back to the word web dictionary. The word sacrifice in the word web dictionary. It says the act of the act of losing or surrendering something as a penalty for a mistake or fault or failure to perform Etc. cetera. So going from the word web dictionary for the word sacrifice. It tells us the act of losing or surrendering something as a penalty for a mistake or fault or failure to perform something. Because we've, I, this, for the past year, it's going from from, from from David to the Day of Atonement, or this is your first time particip- participating tonight in the Day of Atonement, that for all this this, 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 this whole year, for everything, everything I've done, is because I chose to do it. Everything I've I, I participated in, because I made that choice. I made this, I, however I justified it, however I thought about it, whatever, it was going against God. Now, here's God in his mercy. Here's God in his long suffering and his grace. Now, give me an opportunity to show just one day of losing and surrendering something for him. Sacrificing for him. We're not sacrificing animals no more. We're not sacrificing the sheep and the goats and the bullocks. No. Now I'm sacrificing my desires. For one day, I'm sacrificing my appetite. For one day. I'm sacrificing indulging in food and drink for just one day. And the Father is is, is willing to forgive me for the past year for just showing some restraint. Now, the reason this is this is, is this is crucial. I'm gonna use that word. Let's go to uh, Timothy. Um, and forgive me, sister, I know it sounds a little, a little bit choppy. Uh, that's because again, I'm having to do all my reading, and which is not a problem because the brother brother Kabar had, had had some business take care of uh, today also. But in having to do all the reading and then still trying to make sure I'm, I'm aligning the scriptures and aligning the the, the explanations properly, feeling a little bit, I'm a little bit hesitant. Hopefully, that's not um, uh, distracting, so distracting from away uh, from the class. But why is it showing some self-restraint, some self-discipline, uh, sacrificing? Why is that so important for us? Going to First Timothy chapter four, verse one. First Timothy chapter four, verse one. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. It says, now the spirit speaks expressly. That in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of men. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's not it. Um, it's 2 Timothy. I'm sorry. It's 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. 2 Timothy, he's making a correction. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. And it reads, this know also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. What's going to make these days perilous? Especially in these times we're living in before Christ is about to make his return. Verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and un- unholy. We definitely know in these last days now. Because each of us can give an example of each one of these things that was just listed that we've experienced and we, we have witnessed presently, all right? Reading on, though, verse 3, it says, Without natural affection, truth-breakers, breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despise of those that are good. What does the word incontinent mean? Let's look this up. As I'm pulling up my, my computer... Maybe enlarge the font. Let's go to Second Timothy. Back to Second Timothy, chapter three. And I thank you guys for their patience as, as you're tuning in and trying to keep up with all my jumping around. I do appreciate it. Uh, thank you. And I'm trying to bring this out as clear as possible. I, I really am. Right. As, as easy to, to, it might not be accepted, but I'm trying to bring out the the the, the, the information as clear as possible. Which, for somebody, if this is your first time hearing any of these type of things, it might be a little bit hard to digest. It might be a little bit hard to accept. But I do hope that everybody's able to see that this is coming from the scriptures. Uh, that this is coming from the Bible. So, when we go to uh, again Second Timothy chapter three and verse three, we look at the word incontinence. And I'm using my my, um, uh, my, my computer, uh, the Eastward um, uh, uh, tool or app uh, on the desktop. This, I really love this. This uh, I really love it. Uh, you can go to, to Bible Hub, and again, I've got over last count, uh, 25 different dictionaries, about 30 different commentaries. I've got all types of reference books and atlases and maps um, for free uh, that I can use uh, uh, that's all connected with the Bible. So, when we come to the word incontinent from the Webster's 1820 Dictionary. The word incontinent from the Webster's 1820 Dictionary. It says, uh, incontinent is from the Latin word "incontinence," meaning not restraining the passions or appetites, particularly the sexual appetites, indulging lust without restraint, or in violation of law, unchaste or lewd, so it says privileged times are going to come in these last days that people are going to be incontinent they're not going to restrain their passions that people in these last days in these days they're not going to restrain their appetites uh definition one unable to restrain discharges um one who is unchaste um if we look, consider incontinent the we word incontinent which goes with we incontinent What's another name for adult diapers? Why why do people have to wear adult diapers? A person is, is, is put in a position where they have to wear adult diapers, and I'm not mocking, I'm not making fun of, I'm, I'm not trying to trying to trying to embarrass anybody, but they have to wear adult diapers because they're unable, they're losing the ability to control their their bodily functions. That's even why a baby has gotta wear diapers. From a baby having to wear a diaper to an adult having to wear a diaper. It's the point where they, can, they cannot control their bodily action, their, body, their, their bodily function. So it's necessary they have to wear an adult diaper. Let's give an example of incontinence. And I'm saying that all the people that wear adult diapers are incontinent. I'm using it as an example of incontinence that they've lost control of their bodies. A person could be any age. And we'll be at a point where whatever appetite, whatever lust, whatever craving, whatever hits their fancy, they feel obligated to have to follow it. They feel obligated to have to, have to indulge in it. They feel, feel obligated, i got to do it. I feel it. I, that's just what I feel. Uh, you know, to repeat, parents even ask kids, like, why did you do that? Or you might ask a, a criminal, okay, why did you do that? And they're like, I, 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 I don't know. A I, 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 I thought just came over me. I just had to, I I, I I had to, I had no self-control and if, uh, on top of the alcohol on top of uh, weed, drugs, cigarettes, um, um, Xanax, uh, 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 um, drugs, period that now I got no self-control. And this, it's a, this is being given to us as a prophecy that these are going to be some of the signs for, for us to look at and recognize that we're in the last days, that people will have no self-control, that whatever, their appet- whatever hits their appetite, whatever hits their fancy, they feel obligated, I've got to follow it. And I'm not going to let anybody judge me. I'm not going to let anybody tell me I can't, I can't do it. The sky's the limit. YOLO. Right? Verse 4. Going back now to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4. Going back now to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4. It says that people are going to be traitors, heady, high-minded. Listen to this part. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. That if it makes me feel good or gives me pleasure, I'm a slave to that even if God says not to do it. Even if God says it's wrong. That People in these last days are going to be so given to loving pleasure, whatever pleases them, whatever they feel like doing, as opposed to now being lovers of God. This is what we got to be careful of, brothers and sisters. So to have this Day of Atonement, to rehearse this righteous act of the Day of Atonement, it's, 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 it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And then from participating in the Day of Atonement for, for the past 30-something years, to see how savage my body is, that just to be told I can't eat for 24 hours, and, to, and, and just because I'm told no, <coughs> the fight that my body puts up, just for saying no. There's many times, brothers and sisters, when, when I was in the military, I was, I was, and I was in this knowledge when I was in the military, there were a lot of times that I, I might go without eating. That it's, it's common. You might just get so busy. How many times have you, have you caught yourself saying, man, I, I forgot to eat? That you were so busy into, into whatever you had going on at work, just whatever was going on, you literally forgot to eat. And it didn't kill you as you sit lay in the bed you're like you, you know what yeah i'm just thinking about it i forgot to eat today just because your mind was so focused and 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 dedicated to whatever it is you were doing you literally forgot to eat so and i know many of us have experienced things like that to go through those type of things but now when it gets to the point now now I'm being told no and just because now I'm being told no, you start to see how the mind starts to play tricks on you. You start to see how the mind is like, no, no, I, I, the, the the savagery, the, the the Hulk smash, the the hangry, you start to see how that really starts to come out to where you want to indulge in what you want to indulge in. You want to eat what you want to eat. All of a sudden now, I'm going to tell you, every every day of atonement, you smell fast food restaurants from miles away, distinctly. You can smell. You don't need the Krispy Kreme, <laughs> the, the, the light Krispy uh, 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 Kreme to come on. You can smell it. You can smell it, right? Oh, my God. And then as you're driving down the street, you just happen to notice. You didn't realize just how many restaurants there are. Okay, you knew there was an Arby's here. You knew there was McDonald's over here. You knew there was Subway over here. But where did that Mexican restaurant come from? Where's that Chinese food? When when, when when did that pop up? <laughs> a Filipino phone? They start phone? There's a phone? A tiger? Are you serious? Yeah, out, out of the blue, you, just, you start noticing all these food places. And then you, you start all of the strange cravings. You, even if you're not a coffee drinker, all of a sudden you, you want some coffee. You want you want to um, uh, ain't, ha- ain't had soda in in in, in years. Now all of a sudden you just got to have a soda. I'll say you you, uh, uh, you just got to get a a a a cigarette bar, bag of chips. You you, you got to get something. You got to something in your mouth. It, it's funny though. It's funny. But but it's easy to go through this when you understand who you're doing it for. When you keep it in your forefront of your mind. And and, and let, let me let me back up a little bit when you get a chance to see how savage your cravings can be and how they're telling you to indulge they're telling you they're tempting you they're pulling at you hard to indulge that they, they, they put you that i'm a, I'm at the point I'm about to die I got this migraine that i I can't, I can't get past I've got this going on I got that going on. Oh my god my stomach is so so, so I'm so I'm so hungry Yeah, and I'm so desperate to want to cater to my to my appetite when you take a look at that and consider that and, and, and you experience that you can also now start to reflect on in the past year how many times did your did your mind tell you to do something how many times did, did, did that carnal savagery in you to indulge in something just because you had that craving, and for this past year, you've given yourself over to that. For me, I'll be honest for me, it's pornography. For me, it's pornography. As much as I'll, I'll shut it down, I'll turn it off. I'm just giving this as an example. Other people might be cigarettes, it might be food, it might be whatever. It might you might be um uh you, you love feeding the appetite of anger, you might you might love feeding the appetite of, of, of uh, uh depression whatever it might be. So I'm just giving an example of media and pornography. Yeah, I shut it off. I know it's bad. I know it goes back to to, to fornication. Uh, I know it's wrong. And then let the right amount of stress that might be happening in my life, let the right amount of stress hit me. And then it, it becomes, you know, the, the devil, the, the, the two figurines. You have an angel on one side of my, on one shoulder and the devil on, on, on the, my other shoulder. And I've got scriptures hidden from the right side. Um, Here, looking uh, on a woman to lust after her, committed to devotion her in his heart. Um, upstate from all appearance of evil. Um, David was looking at Bathsheba, that that, that that still mom. Don't do this. Design not a woman for her beauty. Don't do this. And yeah, my other side is like, just take a quick glance. You, you, you're mature enough to handle it. You you, you you can deal with it. Um. Your wife's on on her cycle, so y'all can't have sex anyway. Or or, or it'll be some up a justification. Man, go for it. Go for it. And remember how Christ told us, and the scriptures tell us, a little leaven, leaven a leaven the whole lump? Our is, is a little bit. And before I know it, I done go head, head into the deep end of the pool, and I'm there. My vice, again, pornography. Another person, whatever your vice might be. And I'm only throwing it out there, again, in, in part of confessing my faults. For the embarrassment that, that that it does bring, for the embarrassment of of this is something I'm dealing with, and letting that help strengthen my resolve that for this day of atonement I can restrict, I can I can restrain myself from giving in to my appetites. I can restrain myself from giving getting over to those things that I start to crave. Not so much food. Food doesn't isn't, isn't so much a craving for me. As much as it's the inner things that I want to partake in, it's the inner things that I want to deal with. It's those type of things. Uh, with that being said, let's let's. I, I, I want to pull up this one scripture also, and, and we can continue this class. Um, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right. And it doesn't just be the photography, it, it, it can also be. Um, uh, Streaming services, um, Hulu, um, Amazon Prime, Netflix. Um, we got the damn real cool on, on, on our TV here, and um, on the uh, on TVs here, uh, on, on the internet. Uh, I got I got a, a free streaming service to where I can damn near watch anything for free. Uh, and before you know it, it, for all the hours I could be studying. But I know it. It's, it's been several hours of me just on a streaming service watching shows I've already, I've already watched, watching movies I've already, I've already watched. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm in it. Uh, I'm going to Romans chapter eight, verse six, y'all. Let's go to the book of Romans chapter eight and verse six. The book of Romans chapter eight and verse six. Um. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 5. And this is what it says. It says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. That when your mind is on what you want. Remember, Christ told us in Matthew chapter 7. He says, uh, where man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. What you find valuable is what you're gonna be thinking about. It's gonna be constantly on your mind. As we as, as as we deal with the Day of Atonement, and you're being told no, you can't eat, you can't drink, you see how the fleshly how your mind wants to feed the flesh. You want to cater and give in to the, to the appetite of the flesh. Just in 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 in, in food. But we can use that same example in many other things besides just food, how the mind wants to give in because of mostly stress, stress. I want to give in to this appetite. So it says, Romans chapter 8 verse 5, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. If I really want to be about the most high in God, I understand that this is the day of atonement then I'm going to force my mind to be by the David of atonement. The spirit is saying, the law is saying, God is saying, go on a 24-hour fast. Restrain yourself from eating and drinking for 24 hours. That's following the spirit. But my flesh is going to come back and be like, no, uh-uh. You're starving. You're about to die. That if you don't get something in you, you you're going to pass out. You're going to faint. You're going, you're, going, you're going to die. That's the flesh. Remember, brothers and sisters, let's not forget the first temptation of Christ when Satan first appeared to him was what? You're hungry. Turn these rocks into bread. Use your power to feed yourself. You're starving. You're, you're, you're starving. Take matters into your own hands. Go ahead and feed yourself. Turn this rock into bread. But what did Christ, what was Christ's reply to that same thing? Man shall live by bread alone, or by every word that proceeded from the Father. Christ used a scripture and following the Spirit, following the Most High. He used the scripture to fight off that urge. When the justification was trying to tell him to feed into it, give into it, just do it. You know, like Nike, the Nike commercial. Just do it. Man, obey your thirst. Man, have it your way. Your low. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. It says, For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We keep killing our relationships with the Father by being a friend of the world. We keep killing our relationships with God. Because we keep indulging in our appetites. We keep indulging in our cravings. We keep indulging in the things that give us pleasure. That's where that death keeps coming in. We keep we literally keep killing our relationship with God. We keep making God an enemy. It says, But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Real quick, real quick. Let me let me pull this up real bit also. Um What does it mean to be spiritual-minded? Or what does it mean to follow the Spirit? Um, Let's go to, holding this here. I'm just going to read this real quick. Please write it down if you're you're following along. Romans chapter 7, verse 14. Romans chapter 7, verse 14. The book of Romans chapter 7, verse 14. What does it mean to follow the Spirit? Because if we go by what the church says, to be spiritual is, because I, I go to church. I listen to gospel music. Um, uh, and that, that, that means, or, or I, I go to psychics. Uh, I, I burn that Champa incense. I, uh, um, uh, I'm into the neo-soul music. I'm, I'm spiritual. Um, I, I, I practice yoga. Uh, um, that, that makes me spiritual. I, I, I think deep. That makes you spiritual. Okay, but let's see what the Bible says. Let's see what the Bible says. Romans chapter 7 verse 14, the book of Romans chapter 7 verse 14. It says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, so understand. So if we use the definition of the Bible, use the Bible to define the Bible, the law is spiritual. But we are what? Carnal souls understand. Coming back now to Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, for to be carnally minded is death. And what are we? We are carnal. We only think about ourselves and what pleases our appetites and indulge in those things that please ourselves. It says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And what is the spirit? God's law. If you want to be spiritual, Doesn't St. John chapter 4, verse 24 say God's a spirit? If God's a spirit and I want to be spiritual, doesn't that mean if I follow God, that will make me spiritual? God is a spirit. So if I want to be spiritual, wouldn't that mean now I have to follow God? Wouldn't that mean I now have to obey God if I want to be spiritual? In his eyes, the answer to that is yes. Come back now to Romans chapter eight, verse seven. Come back now and continue with Romans chapter eight, verse seven. It says, "Because the carnal mind is enmity against God." It is that word enmity again? Maybe y'all, he told us that to be a friend of the world is, is uh, we're at enmity with God. We're, we're at a war with God. We are against God to be a friend of this world. We give ourselves over to the appetites and the things and the customs and the ways of this world. Even if it's not, again, the, the drug use, not smoking cigarettes, don't drink, but you give yourself over to your own opinion. You feed on your own thoughts and your own mind. God is asking for is it, the Day of Atonement, Restrain from eating for 24 hours. Don't eat a drink for 24 hours. But the difficulty of it is this right here, Romans 7, 8, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Because of... We be I, I will be so to my own flesh and my own mind, and my own appetites, and what I want and what pleases me and my own opinion that is what has me against God, because now I'm not subject to the law of God. I'm not going to follow God's law, and this is the purpose of the David Atonement for us to get a chance to see just how rebellious and how wild and how carnal. How savage, how beastly we really are, that just to be told no, we literally turn into the Tasmanian devils to be told no, the hulk comes out, don't make me angry, you won't let me when I'm angry that I'm about to, that that we about to turn up. Y'all about to make me lose my mind up in here, up in here, that I can't obey what comes to my mind. I can't do what I want, when I want, how I want, but I'm grown. And just be told no, we throw fish. We make all types of excuses. I'm going verse 7 again. Romans chapter 8, verse 7 one more time. It says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. Remember, indeed meaning in your actions. Now, your actions are not going to be subject to what God wants. Now, my, my actions, no. I'm, I'm giving myself over to what I like. I'm going to do me. Verse 8. Romans 7, 8, verse 8. It says, So, then, days that are in the flesh cannot please God. If I want to think about what I'm going through, what I'm feeling, how it's affecting me, and I'm making that my focus and my attention, and I'm magnifying that, then I'm, in my actions, I ain't go, I'm not going to please God because I'm going to give in to my appetite. I'm going to give in to to." to my cravings instead of showing some self restraint, instead of showing just a little bit of self denial for one day. Romans eight verse nine. It says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. How do we get the spirit of God? By keeping his law. Come remember Romans seven fourteen. The law is spiritual. So if I'm keeping God's law, I'm doing God's law. I'm in the spirit. It's not because I smoke some weed or some hemp. It's not because I smoke a closed cigarette. It's not because I'm, I'm, I'm burning some nag champa or whatever uh, incense. It's not because I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just vibing off all this gospel music. I'm in the spirit when I'm doing God's law. Verse nine, in the middle of verse nine. Now, if any have not the spirit of Christ, he is none. Of, he is none of His. Christ is Christ is not in that person. That is backed up with First John. I'm close up here. we go to first John chapter two and verse four. Uh, let me see this one. First John chapter two. Now I'm gonna first John, the one the one about Revelation. First John chapter two, I'm gonna start at verse three. First John chapter two, I'm gonna start at verse three. And it says, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. If we keep God's commandments, then Christ is with us. If we don't keep God's commandments, Christ ain't with us. Verse 4. He that says, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But says, are we hearing this? this? I'm not in Christ, and and, and Christ is in me. He hasn't with me if I'm not keeping commandments. Because that means that in my actions, I'm only obeying what I like, what I feel what comes to my mind. I'm only following, I'm only obeying my opinion. Yeah, if I feel like I'm I'm, I'm about to die, if i got to eat right now, I'm going to eat right now. And God, you got to understand. I'm not willing to put myself through that type of, 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 of whatever. God ain't worth me being hungry. God ain't worth me having to deal with a hunger headache, a, a, a migraine, with just, just, just starving, not my God. Well, but that's why we make sure we read these scriptures. That's why we make sure that we're reading these scriptures and that we're coming from the Bible. Reading on, I'm reading verse 4 again. First John chapter 2, verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Verse 5. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God, perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Verse 6. He that saith He abideth in him. by himself also to walk, so to walk, even as he walked. If you're in Christ and Christ is in you, then shouldn't you be doing the same thing as Christ did? But if I'm calling minded, I'm only thinking about my appetites. I'm only thinking about what, 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 what pleases me. And every thought, every notion that comes from my, my mind. i I, i'm going to follow remember this brother and sister um let's go to let me pull that up real quick um forgive me now my phone to ship you. come on let's go to second Corinthians chapter Ten. Let's go to the book of second Corinthians chapter ten New testament. Let's go to second Corinthians chapter ten. Corinthians chapter 10, I'm gonna start verse three, brother. Sister. Second Corinthians chapter 10, I'm gonna start verse three. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Yes, we're in these fleshy bodies. Yes, we're most definitely in these fleshy bodies that are subject to every thought, every pain, every, every 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 sensation. Yes, we're in these bodies. But it's in, in in this flesh, but it says, um, but though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's not about me actually, actually going and fighting another person. It's not about me actually going and now picking a fight with another person because they're doing wrong. That's not what the, this warfare. That's not the warfare that, that Christ is looking for. That a, a lot of people are obligated. They got to be the title tellers or or or, or the, the judges and trying to point out everybody else's wrongs, but they're not working themselves. I'm not trying to be that type of person. Verse 4, 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 4. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. This war that we're fighting is not carnal. I can't fight this war, this spiritual war of God, but I'm only thinking about what pleases me. I'm only thinking about my appetites. I'm only thinking about my cravings. It says, for the weapons of, of our warfare are not carnal. Now, I'm going to give myself over to, if I see it, I want it, I can have it, I'm going to get it. No, it says, but are mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds. Verse 5 is the one I wanted to get to. The strongholds are the strongholds that are in your mind. The justifications that we have in our minds of why I, I, I'm going to give myself over to eating. I'm going to give myself over to drinking for this 24-hour period. Starting at sundown tonight to sundown tomorrow, I'm going to justify. I got, there's going to be all types of, of arguments in the mind. And what I can give in, give myself over to give me something to eat, give myself over to to, to something to drink. There's going to be all kinds of excuses and justification. But it says we're supposed to be pulling down strongholds. Verse five, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ that this is about bringing all of our thoughts to the obedience of Christ. It's a good exercise. The day of atonement, not only is it the law of God, it's a good exercise of how do I bring my thoughts to the obedience of Christ when my thoughts are betraying me and telling me, get something to eat, get something to drink. You're starving. But now I'm using scriptures. This is the only fast God requires. I'm supposed to afflict my soul. I'm supposed to humble my soul with fasting. I can do this. It's only for 24 hours. It's only for 24 hours. God ain't going to give me something that I can't handle. I can show discipline for 24 hours. And it's pleasing him. The sacrifices of God are are, are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Going back to Psalm chapter 51 verse 17, and I just quoted that. Going back now to Psalm chapter 51 verse 17, where again, it says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise broken from the world web dictionary and it said a broken spirit um subdued or brought low in condition or status so it says a broken heart a broken and contrite spirit or uh, sorry a broken and contrite heart so what am i doing i'm subduing my heart i'm subduing my, my i'm subduing my appetite I'm not making my appetites and what I want to eat, I want to do. I'm not making that the highest of priorities. I'm putting God first. By observing the Day of Atonement, a one-day fast, to the sundown tonight to sundown Wednesday. I'm going to break my mind. I'm going to subdue my mind. I'm going to bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. Definition of contrite from the Word Web Dictionary. Definition of contrite from the Word Web Dictionary. Once again, says feeling or expressing pain or sorrow for sins or offenses. So to have a broken and contrite heart, I'm going to subdue my thoughts, subdue my mind, and being contrite and feeling or expressing pain or sorrow for my sins. Because every sin I committed that went against God is because I didn't control my own appetite. I didn't control my own mind. I let my thoughts control me instead of me controlling my thoughts. So now I'm being given the opportunity that for one day, a 24-hour period, from sundown Tuesday to sundown Wednesday, don't eat or drink anything for 24 hours. For God. that I'm not going to indulge my pleasures, my appetites, my passions for 24 hours. Because for the past year, all I've done is whenever I get a thought, if I get a thought of, of a passion or an appetite, to be angry. If I get a thought or appetite, to be envious, to be jealous. I get it. I'm just gonna follow what pleases me. If we look at that for the whole past year, how many times have we slipped off the fell off the horse? Lord knows I have. Contrite from the World Web Dictionary. A Webster's 1820 dictionary. Definition of contrite from Webster's 1820 dictionary. Contrite. Um, to break or to bruise. To rub or wear. Literally, worn or bruised. Hence, brokenhearted for sin. Deeply affected w- with grief and sorrow for having offended God. Humble, penitent as a contrite sinner. So, the most high doesn't mind that we, that we feel sorrow brokenhearted, um, feel grief because of our sin, because of the choices that I've made for the past year that now to show God in my actions my grief, my sorrow, for 24 hours, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm going to eat or drink anything for 24 hours. To show I acknowledge my sense. And during this time, brothers and sisters, if we don't get a chance to get to out, I, I, I got you some time. This is time that when that hunger is hitting you the most, that's when you want to reflect. When that hunger, that thirst is hitting you hard, you want to reflect on how many times throughout the past year, whenever you get that feeling, when there's something that you want to do, you give yourself over to it. That's the time that you really want to, this, this is the time in the 24 hours, the 24 hour fast, that's what you want to really put your attention, and reflecting on. And and then in, in, in confessing to the Father. Confessing your sins. It doesn't have to be to another person. To confess, I've done this. I, to think about, man, when, when I wanted to do this, I wanted to be angry. I, want, I, 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 I chose to be horny. I chose to be this. I chose to be whatever. It, what, I lost patience. I'm not going to excuse it. I'm not going to okay it. I'm going to look at it for what it is. It was wrong. It was wrong. But it says look at the definition of heart. Again, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still coming off of Thompson said 51 over 17. Uh, I'm coming off of Psalm 51 verse 17 where it says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart oh God they will not despise. Look at the definition of heart from Webster's 1820 Dictionary. Definition of heart. I'm, using, I'm going to the fourth definition. I have the fourth definition of the, definition of the definition of heart from the Webster's 1820 Dictionary. Deceit of the affections and passions as of love, joy, grief, enmity, courage, pleasure, and etc. The seat of the affections and passions. To have that, that broken heart, to to break the seat of my affections and what I'm passionate about. God's done, God, God don't hate that. A lot of people, we've been taught that God knows my heart. We want, we want to focus on a, a scripture that might say, God will give you the desires of your heart. But we never go and examine the, the context of that scripture. We believe God's like a genie in a bottle, that God's supposed to give me the desires of my heart. But here the the scriptures telling one the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart. I'm breaking the seat of my affections. I'm breaking the seat of my passion. When we read the seventh definition from Webster's 1828 for the word heart, it says, the seat of the will, hence secret purposes, intentions, or designs. I'm breaking what? The seat of my will. I'm breaking that secret purposes, what motivates me. I'm breaking that for God. The intentions and or designs. I'm breaking these things for God. My intentions, my choices, my my purposes for why I make the decisions that I've made. I'm breaking that. Definition number ten, brothers. Definition number ten. All this from Webster's 1820 dictionary under the definition of heart. Definition number ten for the definition of heart. As it applies to what we're going over right now, secret thoughts, recesses of the mind. I'm breaking those things for God. And it just starts by what? A 24-hour fast. From sundown tonight to sundown tomorrow, I'm going on a, 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 a food and water fast. I'm going to deny myself. The 24 hours, understanding that it can reach far deeper than just abstaining from food, but it starts there. Coming back to the World wide web, coming back to the World wide web definition for heart, it says an inclination or a tendency of a certain kind. My tendencies, my habits. I'm going to break my habits. I'm going to break for just 24 hours. I'm going to break my tendencies. If I'm used to eating all this time, now I'm not going to eat. I'm going to eat a drink for 24 hours. I'm going to break that in myself for one day. When we come to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, when we come to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it reads as such. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So when when one of these minds says, I'm going to follow my heart, what does your heart tell you? What are you passionate about? What do you want? Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 tells us. Our hearts, what we're passionate about, what we like, what we want, what we're after, it's deceitful. God says that our hearts are deceitful above all things and that the, the heart is what? Desperately wicked. Wicked. God says about our heart so when we, we try to use this excuse so somebody has been telling us this thing that God's going give you desires to your heart follow your heart what does your heart tell you God knows my heart God knows what I like God knows what I want God's telling us here the heart's deceitful above all things there's nothing more deceitful than your own heart They'll have us making choices and making decisions and doing things that go 180 degrees opposite of God. Definition of deceitful. Definition of deceitful from the word Wide dictionary. Definition of deceitful from the word the the word web dictionary. Deceitful. Number one, marked by deliberate deceptiveness, especially by pretending one set of feelings and acting under the influence of another. So what does it mean to be deceitful? <laughs> deceitful from the word ambition means is marked by deliberate deceptiveness, especially by pretending one, one set of feelings and acting under the influence of another, that we pretend we're about God. We pretend we're about righteousness, but then we act by the influence of something else. That's how our mind, that's how God sees our mind, our hearts. That they're more deceitful above all things. The devil made me do it? No, your heart did. Cause you wanted to. Let's get that. W.S. Uh, number two for deceitful. Intended to deceive. I got about 10 minutes left. Let's go to James once again. Just, I'm in James chapter one. And we're going to read from verse 15 now. James chapter 1 of verse 15. Saying, oh, no, 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 This is David Thomas. Um James chapter one of verse 12. I'm going to start at James Chapter 1. I used to start at 15, but I'm going to start at verse 12 now. As pertaining to now the David Atonement and this this, this 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 fast that God is, 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 is setting forth for us. That he said, choose this day, life or death. Am I going to choose to do the fast? Or I'm going to choose not to. And I'm going to be tempted to want to eat. I'm going to be tempted to want to drink something. James chapter 1, verse 12, it says, blessed is the man that endures temptation. That there's going to be temptations of one, wanting to eat, of wanting to drink, of, of wanting to consume something. But the scripture just says, blessed is the man. That endures temptation. I endure it for one day. It says, for when, he is, when, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. To go through these type of things, for, for the Israelites, before Christ came, it was a year of sins being for forgiveness. Now I can go through this and get a crown of life? Remember, Christ asked a question. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? What is a man's problem if he gained the whole world but lose his soul, lose his salvation? Because I can't stop following my own pleasures. I can't stop following whatever just comes to my mind. I've got no mental discipline at all. Verse 12, blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he has tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Verse 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. That's what the temptation is. It's something you really want to do. You really want to do it. And you, you got enticed. Verse 15. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. I just killed a relationship between me and God. My ashes killed it. Me following my passions, my desires, my pleasure, my will, I made God an enemy. I made God resist me. Coming back now, Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Desperate. From the World Web Dictionary. With great urgency and intense despair. We make ourselves a victim. I make myself the victim. To give me an excuse and justification why I can indulge in what I like, what I want, my appetites, and whatever it is I'm going through. Let, let the right amount of stress hit me. I don't do I don't do cigarettes no more. But when I was in the military, I was smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. We got to the point where we was doing whatever we could to try to get high. I mean, whatever we could trying to get high. Desperate. Desperate. God says that our minds, our hearts, our passions, our desires, are desperately wicked. They're urgent to be wicked. It's urgent to want to go against God's law, against God's rules, from Webster's. In a desperate manner, as in despair, hence, furiously, with rage, madly, without regard to danger or safety, I'm going to follow what I want, and I don't give a damn what are the facts. All I know is I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I ain't going to let nothing stop me. Forget the scriptures. Forget God. Forget whatever. All I know is I'm hungry. All I know is I'm thirsty. I'm going to obey my thirst. I'm going to have it my way. Verse two, or, or Devon's number two. In a popular sense, uh, greatly. When it's, Again, from desperately, greatly, extremely, violently wicked. I'm going to have it my way. I'm going to throw the biggest bitch fit. I'm going to throw the biggest tantrum. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to force my way to have it because I'm not going to be denied. You're not going to tell me no. You're not the boss of me. I'm grown. Why can't I have it? I can see it. I can feel it. And definition of wicked from the World Web Dictionary, morally bad in principle or practice. This makes my morals, according to God, bad. Not according to, to the world. To the world, I'm just doing what everybody else does. I'm obeying my thirst. I'm feeding my hunger. I'm just doing it but to God, I got no morals. Wicked, intensely or extremely bad or unpleasant in degree or quality. That definition is from the word web dictionary, brothers and sisters. Number four, highly offensive and arousing aversion or disgust. My my heart is desperately wicked. It's highly offensive and arousing aversion on this good God do not want to deal with me when I'm into my feelings. Yeah. When I'm, it's about me feeding my appetite and feeding my pleasures. And I've done it so much this past year that now all he's asking me to do is for 24 hours, don't eat or drink anything for 24 hours, show some type of control, some self-restraint, just a little bit, for just 24 hours. When we're going to Psalms, chapter 69 and verse 10. The book of Psalms, chapter 69, 69 and verse 10. It reads, when I wept and chastened my soul with fasting. That was to my reproach. But again, I just want to get to the part of how did David, again, how you chasten your soul? How do you humble your soul? How do you afflict your soul? He's describing how he was betrayed by somebody in, uh, in, in this verse 10. We need read it in the context. But I just want to give this part out here where it's talking about how did he chasten his soul? He chastened it with fasting. All right? Definition of chasten, restrained or correct by punishment or discipline. I'm restraining my soul with fasting. I'm correcting by punishment or discipline my soul by fasting. All right? In Psalms, chapter 109, verse 24, the book of Psalms, chapter 109, verse 24, it says, my knees are weak through fasting. And my flesh faileth of fatness. What's it telling us here? Fasting breaks your flesh. By fasting, that's how I break my flesh. And for me as a diabetic, I can even go there. How many how many little snacks that I, that, that I indulge in? How many little extra little chocolate bars here? uh uh a Pop Tart here. Um uh Cookies here. You know, I'll just get some gas. All right, so I, I bought me a candy bar. So what? Hey, I, 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 I was working nights, having to drive. I had to stay awake. And, and for safety, I got to stay awake. So if I got coffee and I got a Red Bull and I got a candy bar, so what? So what? I gotta stay awake for safety. But it says the way that a person breaks their flesh, way David lets us know, is through fasting. Coming out to the book of Romans chapter eight, verse five. We did this. Uh we 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 went over this. Um well no, I didn't handle myself. Um I'm leaving it at that, all right? We, we come up on our, on our two hours. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Um, I'm right at the trial of Mark. As we get ready to come into this this this, uh, this fast uh, uh, tonight, mm-hmm. as we get ready to come into this fast tonight, but and sisters, understand what you're doing it for, all right? That it is it's the day of atonement. This is how we're going to make things back right with ourselves and the Father by showing some discipline. Yeah. One last scripture. It's in the Apocrypha. Let's go to Wisdom of Solomon. Chapter 6. Let me pull it up on the on on computer. Because I'm coming to the last minute of, it, of, of my two hours.
0: Philippians
1: 1, Chapter 6, and verse 17. Wisdom Psalm chapter six verse seventeen. It says, "For the very true beginning of her, it talk about wisdom. What it's talking about is, is wisdom, all right? If a person really wants to have wisdom, and remember, the definition for wisdom is the ability to make right choices, reaching the goal. If our goal really is to, to please God, to have eternal life, then we got to please God. That's what it is to have wisdom. But it tells us in wisdom of Psalm chapter 6, verse 17, uh, in the Apocrypha, that for the very true beginning of her, about of wisdom, is the desire of discipline. And it says, and the care of discipline is love. If I really want to make right choices, I really want to participate in an eternal life and be a particular of God's salvation. I have to practice discipline. I have to desire discipline, and and the way I care and manage and take care of my discipline, God sees that as love. The way I I, I practice my my self restraint, the way I practice my my uh, abstinence, that's how God sees that I'm showing Him love. All right. I'm just waiting for my computer to come up. I'm waiting for my computer to come up one more time. I want to to the definition of discipline. From Webster's 1828. Webster's 1828, uh, definition of discipline. Discipline, meaning uh, from the Latin word to learn. Uh, education, instruction, cultivation, and improvement. It says, and the care of discipline the care of, of my education the care of instructions the care of cultivation, um and improvement uh comprehending instruction in arts um sciences uh collect sentiments morals and manners uh and do uh subordination to authority when i submit to god's authority i submit to his laws that's that's showing discipline um Definition number four, subjection to laws, rules, order, precepts or regulations. As the, as the troops are under excellent discipline, the, the passions should be kept under strict discipline. So again, the care of discipline. Am I going to submit myself to be subject to God's laws and things he wants? This is how God sees how much I love him verse 18 and love is the keeping of her laws and the giving heed unto her laws is the assurance of incorruption and incorruption wisdom of psalm chapter 6 verse 19 and incorruption maketh us near unto God therefore the desire of wisdom bringeth to a kingdom if we want to be a part of God's kingdom, the kingdom, kingdom of heaven, we have to desire discipline. We can't give in to our appetites. We can't give in to our lust, our desires. And the way we can practice that is beginning tonight with the day of atonement. Send out tonight to send out tomorrow. One 24-hour period. Don't eat or drink anything. this 24 hours the the g- general rule that me and my family have been going by is and this, this is no no i can't find this commandment in the scripture but just for for for, for the sake of uh, uh kids and children there anybody like newborns up to 12 It, it, i is I don't I don't hold them accountable for the Day of Atonement. A newborn of the twelve what's a newborn gonna understand about and what sins does a newborn have to have to be forgiven for? What sins does a twelve year old have to be forgiven for? If this train a child the way you should go when he gets old he's not gonna depart. So to to hold it mandatory that a twelve year old twelve and below has to observe the Day of Atonement, I myself would make that a, a, a mandatory. I know there's some brothers and families in Israel, communities that do. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're wrong. But I don't, I don't, I don't uphold that as strictly. And when Christ gets here, if he wants us to do it from, from newborns up, then I got no problem doing that. But in rehearsing the righteous actions and getting there, I, um, I don't, we don't hold strict to newborns to, to 12 years old. Once you reach 13, you're responsible for your actions. You did, and through the training and the teaching, you should now have have been, You're now responsible to know that. No, for the time you do, you don't give in to, to, to you don't eat nothing. You don't eat or drink anything. Um, also, if somebody's on medication, if somebody's on medication, and you need to to, to uh, take your medication, take your prescription, then go ahead and eat, go ahead and drink. Not, not for the whole day. Put a little something in your stomach. If you got, if you got to take it with, with, with a, a biscuit, take your medicine with a biscuit, cool, do that. you got to swallow down your, your, your medication and do that. But for the rest of the time, abstain. Don't sit down to a whole Q4's meal and talk about, well, hey, I'm sick, so i got, I, got, I got to eat. You, come on, you're, you're playing games. You're playing games. Is Jesus worth it? He's sacrificing and abstained for you. Can you abstain for him? All right, brothers. I do want to thank y'all for tuning in on, on, on this uh, on this Tuesday. Which should, uh which normally would have been about Tuesday, talk about Tuesday, South about Tuesday. Thank y'all for tuning in. Uh letting your brother um, hopefully edify. Um, uh, you, you got something from this um, that that you, you can you can uh, apply in your life and and, and, and walk with. Uh, we will return tomorrow. Tomorrow is Wednesday. We will return tomorrow, and I think I might have the brother Kabar with me um, uh, as a reader, or whatever. Um, and we we'll continue with these passages. We we'll continue going over these scriptures, all right? um, And there's a third part. There's a third part to the David Atonement that we will we'll be going into uh, tomorrow. That's kind of it's going to be kind of dealing with the whole seventh month of, of, of the Most High. So we have it's the seventh month we have the Most High Holidays. We have the beginning of the month being the uh, memorial of the, the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Then we have the Day of Atonement, and then we come at, at the end of the, towards the end of the month we have the uh, Feast of Tabernacles. So I'm gonna continue on with the, the this again tomorrow, part three of the Day of Atonement, and how do we make things right with God? Not only now are, are we now going to be participating in the fast, participating in um abstaining from food and drink for that 24 hours. But there there's another part that we, we got we gotta work on also if we really want to make things right with the Father. And so we want to become at one with God. So with that, brothers and sisters, my name is Mashaba. Uh for, for ISBHBK Bible talk, I would like to thank everybody for tuning in. And with that, I'm saying Shalom. <laughs>